Anyway, well, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. This morning we uh, focused a lot on the positive things that God has done. We watched the video and just kind of talked about some of the blessings that we've had. And boy, there's been a lot of blessings in the last three years. Uh, God has been good to us here at this church. And you know, there are, there, there's a, uh, a lot we could say. We, I could just go on and I could talk the rest of the night just talk about how good God has been. I could talk about different miracles that He's done, just ways that He has provided. I mean, really just one thing after another. I mean, just one blessing this week. Just getting that driveway striped by somebody else and it only cost 125 bucks. I was thrilled to death about that. And uh, I'm so glad we didn't have to do it. They did a good job. They did such a good job. You know, that, that was a blessing. I, I thought it would cost a whole lot more than that. And that was a blessing. But you know, one of the things that is true, I mean, when it comes to anything, when it comes to churches, when it comes to an individual's life, you've got the positives that you can focus on, the blessings, or there's the negatives that you can focus on. And boy, some people, they're all about focusing on the negatives. And they're just miserable people. You don't want to be around them. And, you know, but then, and then you got some people that are even worse sometimes. It's like every time you're around them, all they do is brag. Okay? You know, I, if you ever want to just really get aggravated or annoyed, I guess, just go on Twitter sometimes and follow a lot of Baptist preachers. And a lot of these guys, pretty much their Twitter accounts, all they do is just brag on there. I mean, it's just, you know, it's ridiculous. And you wouldn't think anything bad ever happened. And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, they're not allowed to praise the Lord for anything, but, you know, they're sending these, you know, a lot of times a false message. Just, it is all about trying to get attention and look like, wow, these people are great and wonderful and God's doing all these amazing things. And then you got other people that just want to whine and cry about everything on there. And tonight, start this out, I want to, I'm going to focus on a negative. A little bit, all right. I'm going to whine a little bit, all right. And uh, so, but really, uh, just kind of a testimony. We shared some of the good things, but I want to, I want to kind of go back, and I'm just going to be honest, and I'm going to share some of my thoughts and some of my hopes for the church three years ago. You go back three years to September seventh, two thousand and eleven, and you know, I'm just going to be honest. You know, I, I knew the possibilities. You know of where we could be that it could be and it could be really bad. I knew people. I know people that you know they've been in, after three years in a church plant. I mean, it just it didn't work out. Sometimes it just fizzles out. Doesn't make it. You know, there's church guys I know that I mean for long periods of time had services with just their families, and so I knew hey that that could that could happen. That was possible. But at the same time too, you know, I remember thinking you know this is probably really going to take off out here. You know, I had I had plans. You know, maybe I figured after a year, I was thinking after a year, I was going to be calling the churches that were supporting us and telling them, you know what, drop our support. We don't need your money. Churches already taking me on full time. I had hopes that maybe after we came here, I would never, I wouldn't even have to get another job. That things would just take off from the get go. After three years, we were going to be looking into maybe doing a building project. I mean, because we were just we're going to outgrow this place in a year or two. I mean, it's not that big of a building. I, I thought about this stuff. I thought it might happen. Now, let me ask you: Has it happened yet? I mean, you know what I thought? What I really thought was probably going to happen? What I prayed for that on our first service, I thought, you know what? We are going to have a mini Pentecost. 
I didn't think we were going to have 3,000 people get saved. But I thought, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if we had 30 people saved on our first service. You know how many got saved in our first service? None. We had invitation, and I, it was like nobody had any clue what was going on, what to do. I, it was like nobody had ever been to a Baptist invitation before. Now, you know, on the other end of that, there were several people that were sitting in that in that first service that did get saved. Uh, some that got saved that week, some that got saved a couple weeks later, some that got saved a year later. There were several people that were there on that first service that got saved later, and some still come to church here today. So I mean, but it wasn't thirty. You know that that didn't happen. I mean, you know, I, I did. I had all these thoughts and just thought, you know, I mean, this is this is going to be the church. I mean, it's just going to take off. We are going to be the exception to all the things, you know, all the scary stories you hear, all the hard times. This was probably going to be easy. And I'm just going to be honest, it hasn't been easy. You know, I had to get a job. I did that job doing the home preservation stuff where I was just driving all over the state. And, you know, some of the jobs were good, some of them were just stupid. And, I mean, it would get stressful sometimes. And it was hard to have time for anything. And then that job kind of fizzled out. And then I had to get the job at Walmart. Where I worked in what I call purgatory, and I call it purgatory. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in purgatory, but sometimes I do believe in purgatory. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. Listen, when you, when I would work in that freezer, and it was so cold in there. I think those cold temperatures do something to your brain. And I would be in there working, and it was like everything, every mistake I've ever made, everything wrong I've ever done. I felt like I was paying for it in there. You know, maybe if I'd have studied a little harder in school, I'd have been smart enough to get a better job than this. You know, and I'm just thinking, you know, maybe if I'd have worked a little harder in this area, you know, if I, you know, if I was a little better here, a little better there, you know, maybe the church would have grown a little faster, and I wouldn't have had to get this job. And you start, I, I felt like I'm being, I'm reminded of every single thing I've ever done. And man, I would, I'm just gonna be honest, I get depressed in there. And you know what? I still kind of, now I'm not in the freezer anymore. I'm in a less cold area. But I still get a little bit of it. On Thursday, when I go there, and thank the Lord, it's only two days a week now. But when I go in there and I'm throwing them boxes, I mean, boy, I really get down sometimes. Thankfully, once I leave there, it's gone. I mean, I do. Once I'm out of there, I am fine. But when I'm in there, it's no fun. And I do. I start reliving and thinking about all the things. If I'd done a little better on this, if I'd have studied a little harder there, you know, if I'd have worked a little harder back in the beginning at the church, I'm thinking about all these things. That if I'd have done different, maybe I wouldn't be stacking these boxes right now. And and you do, you just you get down and you get a little aggravated. And the truth is, when it comes down to it, it when it comes to this church, and we are still in the beginning stages. And listen, I do believe that we've had a good beginning. I, I really do. I mean, people that I know that have been involved. With a lot of church plants and things, I mean, they just go on and on about how blessed we are here. I mean, they just go on and on about what the Lord's done here. And so, you know, there's there's more than one way to look at this. You know, we could we could you know we could whine and complain maybe because our numbers aren't way up there. You know, we we could do that. I can whine and complain, you know, because I got to work the other jobs. Could do that. But at the same time, there are plenty of things that we can definitely praise the Lord for that really, I mean, where I feel we've been exceptionally blessed. But the truth is, when we study the Bible, we see that the beginning is not the important thing. 
that the beginning is not what matters. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8, I'm sure to read that verse, Ecclesiastes 7, 8, it says, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Better is the end of a thing. You know what God's looking at when He looks at Liberty Baptist Church, when He looks at any church, is how we end. Where we end up. Really, what we're doing at His return. That's what's important. It Right now at the beginning, it really doesn't matter because you know the truth is we're, we've, we're gonna, we've made some mistakes. We're going to make some mistakes. I remember I was, I was at Providence Baptist College and uh, they had me speaking you know, specifically about church planning and then they kind of opened up for questions and one of the college students asked me, they said, you know, what would you do different you know, now? And I think we were only like six months into it at that point. And I told him, I said, you know, I said, we're only six months into this thing right now. I said, you know, if you ask me this, you know, in a couple of years, I'll probably be able to give you some things. You know, right now I couldn't really think of anything. But now if he asked me, I could. I could tell him a few things. Hey, I do this different, I do that different. You know, some of the guys know that are starting churches, I've told them like, hey, don't do this. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I tried this. Don't do this. It doesn't work. Uh, you know, it, it's a bad idea. I mean, there's definitely things we can look back, and it's like that with anything you do. You know, Brother Eric, he's getting ready to start a chiropractic business. And you know what? When you get to the end of it, you're going to look back at all kinds of things you did in the beginning and say, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I messed that up. You know, that was wrong. And the truth is, the beginning, it's not what's important. And it's not what God's looking at, looking for, but it's the end of a thing. That's the most important part. That's the better part. I've known a lot of churches that they have taken off at the beginning. They had a great beginning, but they had a horrible ending. Preachers that they did, they had a great beginning, but they had a terrible ending. Maybe they fell into sin. They, they fell into immorality. And they ended up losing their ministry. And really, what when it comes down to it, we're going to get judged by really how we end up. Where we end. Not, not where we started. Where we are right now. It's not what's important, but it's where we end up in the long run. And there's a few Scriptures I want us to look at and some examples. And I do I, I believe that God's given us a good beginning here. It's not as good as I hoped. I'm working. I'm working a job. We're not bursting at the seams. You know, people aren't begging us. You know, to you know, we haven't gone to two services yet. I thought you know we we're going to fill this place up and we could have two services. You know, we'd have to be doing two Sunday morning services after three years. We're not doing that yet. That's not that's not happening yet. But it's not the beginning that's important. It's the end that matters. So what do we need to remember to have a better end? Well, you don't have to turn there, but a verse that we all know. Very well, Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. So if we're going to have a good end, what do we need to do? Because that's what God's working. That's what God wants for us. That's what God's will is. Okay, My will, clearly, in the beginning, was church explodes from the get-go. I'm going full-time. I mean, we were supposed to be planting other churches in the surrounding areas by this point. That was my will. That was what I wanted. Okay, that was, that was my desire. But, that wasn't God's plan. That wasn't what God wanted. Now I want you to go over to Job chapter 42. Job chapter 42. If we're going to have a good end, 
Because really, that's, that is what I want. I want, us, I want to have a good end. And that's more important to God that as a, as a church, we have a good ending than a good beginning. And notice in Job chapter 42, verse 12. Now, we know the story of Job. We see how God blessed Job in a great way, but then how God took every bit of that. And notice what it says in chapter 42, verse 12. It says, So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and 1,000 yoke of oxen and 1,000 she-asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters. So right here, we see how the Bible says that God blessed his latter end more than his beginning. Job had a great ending. Now, that path to get into that ending, how was that? That wasn't so good, was it? That was pretty rough. I mean, we see he had a good start. You know, He was blessed. Everything was going great. But what he lost, what he went through is something none of us would ask for. We would all love to have the end of Job. We would all love to have to be where he was at the end. But the path that God had him take to get to that end was a path that none of us would desire. It was a path that none of us would ask for, but it was the path that pleased God. And it was a path that brought him the greatest blessings. And you know, if we want to have if we want to have that good end, if we want to be blessed, if we want to if we want to please God to the maximum ability, we've got to accept the path that God has us take to get there. I talked a little bit about this morning. There are other paths that we could take to have the ending or the results that we want. But is it the ending? Is it the results that God wants? You know, there are things since we started this church, I've just I've tried to have this policy and I've tried to I've tried to follow this the best I can that you know what? If I see potential problems, you deal with it at the beginning. Just don't compromise with anybody because it will only bring problems later. And the problem will be greater. And I've tried my I've tried my best to do that. Why? Because I'm thinking about the end of things. I know how things can end up if we're not careful. And there's been some folks that have come through here that they had agendas for the church. They had things that they wanted. And you know, I wanted to have a good beginning. I wanted to have you know those bigger crowds. I wanted to have these people. Uh, you know, some of them they gave some pretty good offerings. They could have helped me get to where I wanted to be. You know, they could have where I would have been full time faster with the kind of money that they were bringing in. But some of the things that they wanted, some of the things, the agendas that they had, I knew it wouldn't end well for the church. I knew it would bring problems later on, and so I just kind of had to stand firm and watch them leave. Didn't really want to do that. You know, I don't like confrontation. I don't like making people mad at me. But trying to think about the end of the thing. And so, let's deal with this head on. There's a lady one time that came to church. She came one Sunday, and boy, she just she seemed to like it. And she wanted me to come over to her house, and she wanted to, uh, uh, you know, just kind of talk about the church and kind of what, you know, just find out about some of our beliefs and things. Because she wanted to come and she wanted to get involved. And she was talking about all the things that she did at her other church. It sounded like she was a big help. It sounded like she was a big blessing over there. But one of the things that she threw in, you know, she mentioned that she was a deacon in her old church. And I thought, well, I'd like to have 
all this hope that she's talking about, but you know, I don't believe we don't believe in this lady's ordained women deacons and things. And so we went over there and we talked about a lot of things and you know, talking about a lot of the beliefs and she seemed to be okay with everything I was telling her. And then I got and then the deacon thing never came up, but I thought, you know what? We better head this thing off right now. Because I don't I don't want to be a problem later. And I brought it up. And it was funny because she said, you know, the Bible does say that a deacon should be the husband of one wife. She said, that's kind of hard for a woman. And I was just like, well, that went good. <laughs> she never came back. <laughs> she never came back one more time. But you know what? You know, that would have helped us have a better beginning. That was another person. Somebody that would have helped. But you think there might have been some problems later on. And you know what? A lot of times when that happens too, when people get mad and leave, they usually take a few people with them. It's usually the way it goes. And so, we've got to accept that path that God has us take to get there. And sometimes it might not be a path that we like. Remember in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, where Joseph's talking to his brothers and he says, you meant it evil against me, but God meant it for good. The path that Joseph had to take to get to that end that he had where he was basically second, the you know second most powerful man in all of the world, where he the, that end that he had, where he saved the life of his entire family, the path that God had him take to get there was a path through betrayal by his brothers, being sold into slavery, being a slave, being lied on, spending time in prison. That path that Joseph had to take to get there was a terrible path. But look at the end. Look at the end result of what God did there. And Joseph, he was, he was faithful and he accepted that path that God had him on, not having any idea what the end would be, but we see that the end was spectacular. We see for Job that the end that he had was an amazing end. He already was a man that was rich beyond anybody else during his time. But in the end, he was double rich from where he was before. But the path he had to take to get there, it was a difficult path, but it was a path that God had for him and it did great things. You think about guys like Moses. Moses is looked at as probably the greatest leader that there ever was. The greatest man of the Old Testament. But look at what the path that Moses had to take to be that leader. To lead them to the promised land. Forty years of whining, complaining, murmuring, people wanting to stone him. I mean, we see the problems and the things that Moses had to deal with. That was not fun. But you know what? Look at what the end result of it was. And the truth is with Moses, he didn't even quite have the ending that God wanted to him to. He got to see the promised land, but he didn't get to enter in. But yet at the same time, he still had a pretty good ending. Just imagine if he'd been completely obedient the ending that he would have had. You think about the Apostle Paul we've been talking about on Wednesday nights. You see the end of his life. That I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there's laid it for me a crown of righteousness. We see the end of Paul's life was a glorious end. We talk about Paul as probably the greatest Christian that ever walked the face of the earth that won more people to Christ than probably anybody ever. But look at the path he had to take to get to that end that he had. And by the way, the Bible doesn't tell us how it ended for Paul, but according to history, he was beheaded. But yet, we know that was a glorious end for Paul. 
He ended in a way that pleased God. And when He stands before God someday, I'm telling you right there, that's, that's the ultimate end right there. And the Apostle Paul had it. But the path he had to take to get there was a path that none of us would pick for ourselves. That all these men, and there's many examples we can look at in the Bible, we, that we see great endings in their lives. We see great endings in their stories, but the path that they took, it was difficult. And you know what? God might want us to go have sometimes go through some difficult times. He might want us to take a path that maybe it's not exactly the path that we choose. It might not exactly be the path that we want. But you know, we're just going to trust Him and be thankful and stay on that path. You know one of the things that motivates me? And one of the things that keeps me going every day when I'm working at Walmart, I think about this all the time. I think about the day when every day I'm driving past Walmart to come work here at the church and I don't have to work there anymore. You know how thankful I'm going to be every day? You know how thankful I am every Tuesday and Wednesday when I drive by that place? And I'm thinking, I used to have to be in there on Tuesday and Wednesday. I don't have to be in there Tuesday and Wednesday anymore. I'm thrilled to death about it. And you know, this is going to be one thankful pastor. that Just because I don't have to work that job. You know, some pastors that are full-time in the ministry, they, you know, they act like they're victims sometimes. Uh, if I was working a secular job, you know, I could be making all this money, I could be doing this, I could be doing that. It's like, why do you want to do that? You know, I, I love the ministry. You've got to be thrilled to death that you don't have to do all that. That you get to full-time serve the Lord, preach the Gospel, you know, be soul-winning, witnessing, all those things. That is a wonderful privilege. And you know, Maybe the Lord has me on this path for a while to make sure I keep the right attitude and to keep the right spirit. And so I will be thankful. I don't know why. I'll know why in the end. When it gets to the end, I'll understand all of it. I'll understand why God put me on the path that He had me on. But right now, what we all need to do is just accept the path that God has us on and say, Lord, just help me to stay faithful. Lord, I'm just going to keep on trusting You. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. Lord, I don't know why I'm in this mess right now. This wasn't what I was planning on. This wasn't what I was expecting. But Lord, You know what's best. And I just want to end up where You want me to end up. I want to be at the end. I want to be where You want me to be. So, accept the path that God has you take to get to the end. And then secondly, understand that our entire life, and we've got to remember this, our entire life, and our ending especially, is meant to bring God pleasure. Go to Isaiah chapter 46. Verse 9. Isaiah 46, verse 9. This right here, I think, gives us a little glimpse into the mind of God and into how God thinks and how God looks at things. It says in verse 9, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like Me. Declaring the end from the beginning... And from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. You know, when we look at, see if I can explain this, and if you can try to, I'm going to try to do a little mind bending here, right? And I might mess myself up in explaining this, but when we look at our life, it's like we're looking at, let's say, just a picture. Okay? A picture, just one moment in our life. When you're looking at a picture, you're looking at one moment from your past. And as we go through life, we're seeing one moment at a time. When God looks at 
our life. When God looks at where we're at, God's seeing the whole thing. Imagine your if your life entire life was all on video. Okay? You know, we would have to watch it frame by frame, second by second. God sees it all at once. Sees every bit of it at the same time. God's and when and when God looks at our life and when he looks at where we're at, God understands what the ending is going to be. God understands where we're going to end up. That's why He's God's not panicking when maybe we're going through difficult times, when we're going through trials, because God sees what it's going to produce in our life. God understands the end. And you know what? God notice how God said, I am God, there's none like me. I am God, there is none out there, you know, there's none else. God's the only one that sees things that way. We don't. And that's why we just got to trust Him. Okay, Lord, You see where I'm at right now. I can only see this. I can only see this one moment in my life. But Lord, You know the end. And God wants a good ending for all of us. That's God's desire. For there to be a good ending for all of us and for there to be a good ending, sometimes there might need to be some difficult moments that we have to go through. There might be some long periods of time and difficulties that we have to face, but it's going to produce something good in the end. And So we've just got to trust God. He's God, not us. There's none, there's none else. There's none like Him. And so we've just got to trust that He knows what He's doing. God sees the big picture. We can't see the big. We can't see the big picture. We're just we're confined to this this moment, just being able to see right now. But God sees the whole thing, and that's that's why He's not panicking. He knows what we're going through. I don't know if you've ever done it before, but if you ever have you ever watched a movie? Okay, maybe you watched a movie, and it was one of these just really intense movies that have you on the edge of your seat. And you don't know what the ending of this movie is going to be. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if the people are going to die or whatever. And you're watching and you're just on the edge of your seat. And then, you know, you finally get to the ending and it's a great ending. You're like, oh man, wasn't that great? And then, you watch the movie again. And you know what's funny? If it's, a, if it's well done, sometimes you'll be on the edge of your seat again. But you know, it's not quite the same because you know what's going to happen. I remember when I was a kid, we had, we had a, there was a Cubs game. Back in '89, when they went to the playoffs and uh, failed miserably, I remember there was a game. It came on TV again because they were losing nine to nothing in that game. And late in the game, they came back and won the game. It was one of the most exciting games. I remember they replayed it on TV, and I remember we taped it. And I remember watching that game a couple times. I would be watching that game and on the edge of my seat. But at the same time, I'd have to keep reminding myself, "Wait, I know what happens. I've seen this before. I've seen the ending." And you know, and it would. Then you weren't that nervous. And that's how it is with God. God knows what the ending is going to be. And so He's not nervous. And God's more interested in us having a good end than a good moment right now. And if if that's our desire, if we will want what God wants and just trust Him, we'll understand that, Lord, what I'm facing right now is going to give me a good ending. This is going to help me end up where You want me to end up. Because many people, they've... They do. They reject what God wants. They don't like the path they're on. They do everything they can to get off the path, and then they don't get the end that God wanted for them. And they end up with a horrible end, a horrible destruction. And we don't want to do that in our life. So understand, our entire life, it's meant to bring Him pleasure. And Revelation says, for His pleasure, we are and we're created. And it pleases God for us to have a good ending. 
And so if you're going through a hard time, listen, if you're in the will of God, understand that God, it's His desire and His pleasure for you to have a good end. And whatever you're going through, it's going to help you get to that. Romans 8.28 All things work together for good. Brother Angel preaches a message on that where he, he talks about biscuits. You know, and we all like biscuits. But he, and he talks about all the ingredients in biscuits. And you know what? None of us like those ingredients by themselves. Anybody ever eat just plain flour? Not me. Alright, or just plain butter or I don't, well, I don't even know what all goes in biscuits. I just eat the biscuit. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, all the ingredients by themselves are gross. But you put them all together and you put them into that oven, put them through some heat. Sometimes we've got to go through the fire a little bit. And then it produces something that's good. And that's how it is with our life. And God throws some things in there that we don't like, but they do. They work together for good. But our blessings that we receive... They depend mostly on how we end up. We touched on this a little this morning. We read this verse. I want to read it to you again. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, sin's tricky. Sin will tell you that if you do this, you'll have a better ending. Things will turn out better for you. But it's a lie. And then it says, verse 14, For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Okay, what? Why do we have to hold on to it in a steadfast way? Because you know what? The beginning of our confidence, it's hard to hang on to sometimes. You know, September 11th, 2011, he was pretty confident. When we had that big mob come in here that morning, pretty confident. Whoa! The Lord sure is good. Whoa, the Lord's going to do great things. But you know what? It was a little more difficult. We, I remember we had 101 people the first Sunday. The next Sunday, we had 61. But like 20 of them were from Lighthouse. Okay, we had, there was like 20 of them there that day. And then I think the week after that, we had 41. Somewhere in there, 40-something. And then... Twenty something, I can't remember. We were having church splits every week. <laughs> it was, you know, and, it, you know, it, and uh, but at the same time, we should still have that confidence today. Hey, the Lord is going to do great things. The Lord is going to accomplish something here. We've got to hold on to that, like we did in the beginning. We've got to hold on it steadfastly until the end. Can't let go of it. You got to keep on trusting God that God is going to do great things. There are going to be many days where we don't feel like it. There's going to be many times where it's not going to look like it. And things aren't going so good. But you know, you hang on to that confidence. Don't let go of it. Don't let go of it. Hang on. Keep on trusting Him. Revelation 3.11 says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. We've got to hang on to what we've got. We've got to hang on to that faith. And why we talked about this this morning too, that no man take thy crown. What crown is it talking about? That's a crown of faithfulness. That's one that we only get if we're faithful to the end. If we're faithful when the Lord returns. If we're doing what, if we give up, I mean, think about it. I mean, imagine, you know, you know, I'm 33 years old, okay? Been serving the Lord for a while now. And if I, if I hang it up this week, I'm like, you know what, I'm done. You know, and then the Lord returned. 
I don't get the crown, do I? If I quit one day before He returns, if I give up one day, I lose that crown. And that's not the ending that I'm looking forward to. That's not the ending that I want. People that are uh, you know, in sports or whatever in the Olympics, what do they look for? They're looking for that, that ending. And what matters is who's in the lead at the end. If it's a race, it's not who's in front most of the race. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember I've, I've watched basketball games and things before where the t- you know our team lost and they kept. We were in the lead for three quarters, but you know what? You don't get you don't get the win for being in the lead most of the game. You get the win for being in the lead at the end of the game. You can be behind the entire game, but if they, if they take the lead at the last second, they win because it's the end that matters. That's what's important. And the, our blessings that we receive depend most on how we end, and that's why we we just have to stay faithful. We can't. Our, God rewards faithfulness, not results. Okay, we might not get the award for the fastest growing church in America. You know, we might not get I don't, you know an award for you know the most popular church in America. You know, we might not. You know, truth is, God doesn't give those awards. And those aren't the words we're supposed to be looking for. We're supposed to be looking for those words for faithfulness. That's what God looks at. Faithfulness. Those who strive lawfully like we talked about this morning. And we've got to hang on to that. We can't let go. And then lastly, if we're going to have a good ending, and this is important, we can do a whole message just on this, but learn from those who are farther down the road than you are. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20. Great verse. It says, Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. Hear counsel, receive instruction. There's a lot of great verses in the Bible about counsel. You know, the multitude of counselors are safety. It says hear it. And when it says hear it, it doesn't mean just listen, but follow it. Do you know do what it said. You know, receive instruction. Take it in. So you'll be wise in your latter end. Not so you'll be wise today. Listen, sometimes when you seek counsel, there's going to be people, some people that are farther down the road than you are, that are going to tell you that you ought to do things that you don't understand. And right now, you don't have the wisdom to understand it. You don't have the wisdom to see it. But you know, the truth is, it's not important that we're wise now. It's important that we're wise in our latter end. And if we will receive the instruction, if we will follow the counsel, if we will follow that godly counsel now, we will be wise in our latter end. And that's what we ought to be looking for. It's the end that's important. It's where we end up. And so it says, receive counsel. And we do that. You talk to people that are farther down the road. I talk to other people that have started churches. And I talk to other pastors. And I like to get their advice. I like to get their counsel. People that have been a little farther down the road than I have. I've had. There's been. You know, every once in a while, I'll get an idea, maybe something that we ought to do, something I'd like to try. And me, I'm the kind of person I don't like to do anything first. I like to let somebody else experiment, and if you know if it works, I'll do it. If it fails, their problem. And, and I've done that with some of my friends before they started church. Like, hey, why don't you guys do this? Why don't you guys try this out? Because I've been thinking about it, but I'm kind of scared. So why don't you do it and let me know how it works? And you know, and then you know, it's, and really, 
you know, just I'm, I'm kind of joking with them when I do that. But really, that's my attitude. I want to learn from those that are farther down the road than me because I don't want to make those mistakes. I, I, I want to avoid as many as I can, and so I've got to listen to counsel because I want to have a good end. And then look at Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 28. 32, verse 28. God's, this is talking about Israel. Of course, Israel, they're always doing wrong, always getting in trouble. And it says, For they are a nation void of counsel. In other words, they're empty of it. They don't have any counsel. Neither is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. That, that's wisdom right there. When you think about your ending, you know why they weren't thinking about their ending? Or why they weren't wise? Because they weren't thinking about their ending. You know how they showed their lack of wisdom? By the fact that they would not take counsel. They received none. They asked for none. They, did, they never looked for any type of counsel. They had no understanding. And here we just see this cry, oh, that they were wise. That right here we see when we think about the end, when we consider our end. That's wisdom right there. And if people would think about that, boy, I mean, imagine the amount of problems they would avoid in their life. If when young people, if they would think about the, you know, when they're trying to choose who they're going to marry, if they would think about the end of their life instead of just that day, they'd probably be a little more careful in who they pick. If people would think about their ending, you know, if people before they went and they, you know, they're out in their car and they're getting ready to go in and hold up that gas station, all right, let's just take a moment to think about how could this end up for us? Well, you know what? They'd probably say, you know what? Prison is where we might be. I don't want to end in prison. And you know what? Let's not do this. I'm changing my mind. And if we're going to have the right kind of ending, we've got to learn from those who are farther down the road. Than we are. We are, said, we are in the beginning stages. And it would be wise for us to seek counsel. It would be wise for us to get guidance. And if we're thinking about our latter end, we're going to do that. And that's wisdom right there. And what I, our, my challenge tonight and my goal for Liberty Baptist Church is for us to be a church that ends well. I don't want to have a story of a great start and then us just fizzling out or dying out. I want this to be a church that, like I said in the video this morning, that's still going strong when the Lord returns. That we're going to just keep on being faithful. That we have a good ending. And we see on all these verses here how to have that good ending. We've got to accept the path that God has us take to get to the end. We've got to understand that our life and our ending is meant to bring Him pleasure. And a good ending brings God pleasure. And our blessings we receive depend on how we end. And let's learn from those farther down the road than we are. That's what we need to do to have a good ending. So with that, let's all stand together.